0: But let me go ahead and read the, the main text here from Matthew chapter 6. This is God's Word. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, help me now to speak clearly. Give us ears to hear. Uh, Teach us to pray. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, some of you may have heard, um, last Sunday night, my wife Susan and my daughter Emma went to Auburn. Emma's starting college there this fall. And they were going down for a two-day orientation. Uh, Sunday night they both stayed in the Hampton Inn at Auburn and then Monday night Emma was going to stay in the dorm and Susan was going to stay in the Hampton Inn again and so they went and they did, they spent the night Sunday night, they went and did their separate all day orientation tracks uh, there on campus and then sometime around 9 or 10 o'clock Susan came back to to the Hampton Inn and they had checked her out of her room I don't know if they didn't like her or what, but but there was there was some sort of mistake. And so they had checked her out of her t- hotel room. Now, fortunately, they keep an emergency room. I don't know if you know this or not, they keep an emergency room available, I guess if they mess up or for whatever reason. And so there was a room for her to go to stay in, so it looked like everything was gonna be okay. They just needed to go and find Susan's belongings wherever they were. So the, the clerk leaves and she brings back the suitcase. Everything looks like it's going to be okay, except Susan had taken her clothes and her iPad out and put them in the drawers. And when they checked her out of the room, they didn't take the stuff out of the drawers. So now her stuff is in the room where someone else is, and her suitcase is here. And so now, and at this point, they're not really willing to comp her a night. They're just like, well, we're sorry. We'll get it straightened out. And so they—I did they call the room? They call the room to explain the mistake and the man in the room says, I'm sorry, I'm already in the bed, I can't help you. He, he refuses to get up and let them come into the room and get her stuff out. At this point, they comped her the room. Um, and so, but she has to go, has to spend the night, uh, wear the clothes she's been wearing all day, go back to campus because she had to meet Emma at 7 o'clock in the morning and hope that they get this all straightened out the next day. And as this is happening, I'm getting kind of a play-by-play via text. So at this point, I said, you need to go tell them to beat on his door until he gets up and gives you your clothes. And she's like, oh, they're not going to do that. I said, well, call the police then. (laughs) And she says, well, what are the police going to do? And I said, they're going to tell him to get the blankie blank out of his bed and give you your clothes and she said well it's not really his fault I said well he did not have to be a jerk about it um, and she gets home later and she's like I'm so glad you weren't at the hotel with me <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said yeah but you would have gotten your clothes um, you would have gotten your clothes I was telling the story to somebody this week and they said I would have had to go to the car and tear the Jesus fish off of my car and then go back in <laughs> Um, and take care, of, take care of business. Now, in my mind, in, in, in this situation, you know, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't saying to Susan, well, it's going to be okay. God's going to take care of this. You know, we just need to pray, thy will be done, uh, and, and everything's going to be all right. Uh, I, I wasn't operating out of a thy kingdom come, thy will be done mindset, because I already knew what needed to happen. You just needed to do. You just needed to take care of it. I wasn't thinking about, well, how might God want us to handle a difficult situation? It was just, oh, that's wrong, and I know how to fix this, and this is how it's going to be fixed. Right, has anybody else ever experienced this? Probably yes. Yes. We've all experienced this. Either we don't think at all about what God's will might be. Like it doesn't even enter our thought process. Or we kind of know what God's will might be and we're just like, I, I, I don't want to think about that because I don't want to do that. I, I know what needs to be done. So how does that change? Because that, like, that's part of sanctification. Like that, that kind of thing ought to begin to change. It doesn't change by just a rote praying of thy will be done. It does change, I think, with a thoughtful praying of thy will be done. And it changes as more and more we internalize the gospel. And as we understand God's grace to us, and we have this good and kind and loving Heavenly Father, a, a, a wise Heavenly Father, who has mercifully given Jesus for our sins. And so the more we get that, the more we begin to want to live with a Thy will be done sort of mindset, and the more we begin to seek to put that actually into practice. So I just want to kind of of lay that on the table before we start looking uh, at this text this morning. Thy will be done. What does it mean to pray that? What does it mean to pray thy will be done? The shorter catechism that we like to use from time to time says there are three things involved in praying thy will be done. That when we pray this, we're praying that God would make us able and willing to know, to obey, and to submit to God's will in all things as the angels do in heaven, is the way they put it. So we're praying that we would know God's will, be able to know God's will, and be able to submit, excuse me, be able to obey God's will, and then to be able to submit to God's will. So those are the three things we're going to think about this morning. Let's let's start here with knowing God's will, all right? How do I know God's will? And all y'all really excited. Yes, you can tell. You how to know God's will? How do I know God's will? If I'm going to, if I'm going to pray to be able to do what God wants me to do, I've got to know actually what God wants me to do, right? So, how do I know what God wants me to do? John Sartell tells a story of members of the Green Bay Packers were trying to get. Reggie White to come and play football in Green Bay back in the day and Reggie White was a professing believer and he'd been very vocal about the fact that he wanted to play where God wanted him to play but he wanted to do God's will and so the general manager of the Packers called and he just offered uh, Reggie White a bunch of money he's like I'll show you God's will I'll I'll offer you a bunch of money and Brett Favre called him and said I don't want you hitting me anymore I'd rather you be on my team So he was trying to get him to come. And then Mike Holmgren, who was the coach at the time, knowing that Reggie wanted to do what God wanted him to do, called and left the message on his voicemail and he said, Reggie, this is God. Go to Green Bay. (laughs) Uh, How was Reggie White supposed to know what God's will was in that situation? Uh, How do we know? Should I take this job? Or should I take that job? Should I go back to school? Should I go to graduate school? Should I marry this person or not? How do we know what God's will is? Well, there are two different ways when you're reading the Bible, and you have to keep these straight. There are two different ways the Bible actually talks about knowing God's will. On the one hand, the Bible talks about uh, the secret things are God's decrees, are what we might call God's plan. And this is where your, little, your, your lot of Scripture may be of help to you. Deuteronomy 29.29 29, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. And then Ephesians 1.11 in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Uh, when somebody sets out to build a house, they have a, a blueprint or architectural designs. you might say they, they, have a, they have a plan that they work with. You might say that God's secret will is his plan for all of history that, that that he's carrying out in everyday life. Uh, James four fifteen is the next verse or four thirteen through sixteen. Come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills. We will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. In other words, I'm, I might be planning to go to Disney World with my kids next week, but God might actually have other plans. How do I know God's will in this sense? His secret will, what he has planned. I wait. All right? I wait. And whatever happens is what God's will was in this sense. Everything, and this is a big subject we'd have to do a whole sermon on, but I'm just kind of touching on it here. Everything that has happened in history up to this point in this sense is God's will. It is His plan. It is His design. Uh, Daniel 4.35 um, At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the most high, and praised and honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can say to his can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? Now this is just another way of saying it god is sovereign the the god is in charge or as rc sproul used to like to say there's there's no maverick molecule running around out there out from underneath god's control if if there is then god's not really god Uh, god's will in this sense when we talk about in this in this sense is always not on earth just as it is in heaven and there's nothing that can prevent it from being done Uh, I had a friend who was a pastor, and and people used to ask him, uh, when did you know it was God's will for you to marry your wife? And he said, when she said, I do. When she said, I do. That's when I knew it was God's will for me to marry her. Now, in the one sense, he knew that it was God's will, and it was accordance with his plan because it had just happened. So obviously, in sense number one of God's plan... Well, that must have been in God's will. But he also knew that there's another sense of God's will, and that's what God reveals to us and requires of us in his word. And he knew that the God's word requires us to keep our oaths and our vows. And she had just made an oath to him, and he had made an oath to her. So he knew that it was God's will that they be married and that they keep this commitment that they had made. So let's talk about that for a second. So we've got this first sense of God's will that's mysterious. We don't don't always understand it. Uh, It's not revealed to us, but it's His plan for all of history. Then there's this second sense of God's will that's used in Scripture that's about what God requires of us. And here's a few verses where you see this sense of the word working. 1 Thessalonians 4 For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Uh, Matthew 12, For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. 1 Peter 2.15 For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Psalm 40, verse 8 I delight to do your will, O my God, Your law is written within my heart. Uh, So this refers to what God shows us about how He wants us to live. And and you can go against God's will in this sense. Alright? God wants us to avoid immorality. He wants us to avoid sin. That's what He desires for us. He says, do not steal, but sometimes we steal. And when we do this... We've gone against God's will. Now, if you really kind of want to go into the deep end on this, um, you can do this later. Go, go read Acts 2.23, and you can kind of see where God's secret will and God's revealed will come together. Acts 2.23, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. So this happened, this crucifixion happened because of God's plan. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. They're actually breaking God's revealed will, even as they carried out His secret will. But we won't go too much into that right now. Uh, what, What does all this have to do with prayer? When we pray, thy will be done. I mean, the first thing, and probably most primarily, we're praying that things on earth and that things in my heart would more and more line up with God's revealed will. Uh, We're praying that men and women would believe the gospel. We're praying that we would love our neighbors, that we would be encouraging to one another, that we would remember the poor, that we would show hospitality, that we would visit the prisoners, that that we would refrain from murder and adultery and theft and lying. We're praying that that people would bow the knee to Jesus. We're praying that God would purge the sinful attitudes that I still carry out of my heart, that I would more and more follow Jesus. So, in this sense, the second sense of God's revealed will, right, the first sense, we don't, we don't really know this, it's mysterious, it's his plan. In the second sense of God's revealed will, how do I know what God's will is? How do I know what God wants me to do? Well, let's look at three more passages, or four more passages here. Uh, Romans 12, I appeal to you therefore, brothers... And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Colossians 1, And so from the day we heard we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. In 2 Timothy 3, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, I need, I need a visual. Um, think about it like this. When we're thinking about God's revealed will. Think of a bullseye. And right in the middle of the bullseye are those things which God says, don't do that, don't steal, don't, you know, don't commit murder, that kind of thing. That's right in the bullseye of thinking about God's will. And then you have a, a second ring and a third ring, which, which we'll get into. But in that middle ring, this is pretty straightforward. All right, How do I know what God's will is? Well, well don't do that, and, and don't do that, and, and don't do that, and that's, that's kind of easy for us to flesh out. But how do I wrestle with the question of, you know, those questions like, well, do I take the job in Spartanburg or in Greenville? Uh, Do I stay late and finish this project or do I go home and spend time with my family? When I get home, do I talk to my wife that I haven't talked to all day or do I take the emergency phone call that's that's coming in right now? Um, How do I prioritize the things that God has told me to do like loving my neighbor and taking care of the poor and loving my family how do I know when to do them how do I set priorities because I can't do them all at once I can't be doing all the things that God commands me to do all at the same time how do I discern what is best and this is where I think this image is helpful this is where I think you get into the second and the third ring of this bullseye the middle ring again is don't do this The second ring are are, are kind of where we apply the more positive uh, exhortations of God's Word. They're things He's revealed to us that we need to be doing. They're not secret, uh, but they're God's will for us. So here's where I'm going to tell you what God's will for your life is. God's will for your life is that you be generous. And you be kind. And that you use your time wisely. And that you be a good steward of the gifts God has given you. And that you marry another believer. And that you love your spouse. These are exhortations that God has given to us, these are His revealed will to us. But then you get in this third ring. All right, and the third ring is, is what I would call kind of the ring of Christian liberty and personal preference where God hasn't revealed to us what he would have us to do. What color socks should I wear today? What color socks should I wear today? How do I figure that out? Uh, should I buy the Honda or the Ford? Should I cheer for the Celtics or the Lakers? Um, some aspects of who I marry fall into this area. Do I want to marry somebody tall or somebody short. Somebody who's an introvert, somebody who's an extrovert. Somebody who's a sports fan, somebody who hates sports. Uh, This is the area where God hasn't revealed a preference, and you don't have to go around looking for a preference from God. He's given you liberty. Uh, As as Luther said, love God and do what you want. Love God and do what you want, and don't be paralyzed by trying to figure out, what color socks does God really want me to wear today? Um, So, how do I begin to figure out then God's will? Well, circle one, that's very obvious. How do I get guidance? But I don't do these things. Circle three uh, what kind of car do I buy? Well, he he's, hasn't really expressed a preference. Go do what you want to do, examine your motives, be, be wise about it, but don't feel all this pressure that I've got to get lined up with what God wants or this is going to mess everything up. But circle two where I try to set these priorities, where I think about how do I love my neighbor? How do I apply God's commands? There really are some bleed between circles two and three, but but, but how do I work out God's will in this sense? Uh, Just a few thoughts. Number one, you have to know the Bible. You have to know the Bible. Uh, The Bible doesn't address every situation that you'll get into specifically, but God uses this book to give us general principles that we apply in the different situations of life. Uh, Tim Keller talks about reading so much c s Lewis that if you were to cut him c s. Lewis would pour out. Uh, and that's kind of cool, but how much better to be like John Bunyan who it was said of him that if you cut him, he would bleed Bible. And so one of the ways we know God's will and we we become wise in knowing God's will is we simply know the Bible. We have to get the Bible in us. That's how we know God's will. Uh, secondly, look on your on your sheet there, john fifteen four. Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And so, what that's telling us is if we want to know God's will, we need to cultivate a relationship with Him. Uh, because it's as we cultivate a relationship with God that we begin to, to think like God in a sense. How do, my, how do my children know what I would do in any given situation? Right? It's because they know me and they've spent time with me. And they can say, oh yeah, this is, what, this is what dad would do right now. And so the way we begin to know what God would have us to do is we meditate on his word and we spend time getting to know him. A, a third thing, Proverbs 15, it's also on your sheet. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. So Scripture tells us, meditate on the Word, cultivate a relationship with the Lord, and ask other people. You've got to ask other people, ask other believers, get godly advice from people who know you and know what you're wrestling with. And then finally, the Colossians passage that we read a little bit earlier says we're filled with the knowledge of His will, how? How? through wisdom and understanding. And what's wisdom? Well, it's the ability to take Scripture and apply it to specific situations. Well, how do I get wisdom? I get it from the Bible. I get it from godly friends. And I get it by asking for it. Uh, James 1 is not in there. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. In other words, pray. Ask for wisdom that God would direct you to do what is best. Pray. Acknowledge your sin. Acknowledge your ignorance. Ask God to expose your wrong motives that may be there in your decision making. Uh, Ask God by the Spirit to give you wisdom in making decisions. But but look, I, I think I need to say this. God hasn't hidden what He wants you to do like some Easter egg that you've got to go find. And then if you don't find that, then you're going to mess everything up. Because I think that's the way we think about God's will sometimes. Or that it's like some radio station that I've got to tune in and and get this perfectly or I'm going to to mess it up. Or or if I have a peace about it, then it must be God's will. And look, it's good to have a peace about things, but it doesn't guaranteeing that you're making the right choice just because you have a peace about something, All right? So you, you have to be suspicious. It's good, but it's not, it's not everything. If we're to know God's will in our day-to-day lives, um, we have bullseye circle clearly revealed. Don't do this. We have a second ring where we have to apply Scripture, the positive exhortations of Scripture, uh, to, to be generous, to love the poor, to love our neighbor. And then we have this wider ring where God really hasn't expressed a preference. And we really don't need to feel like I've got to get it all right or I'm going to mess my life up. Where we simply love God, we try to be wise, we examine our motives, and then and when we go do what we feel like is best to do. But all of that takes time, and it takes prayer, it takes exposure to the Scripture, it takes exposure to other uh, more mature and more wise believers. So. I spent a lot of time on that because I know that's something that we're always constantly wrestling with. We're praying that we would know God's will. Secondly, we're praying that God would enable us to do God's will. Because let's be honest about this. Most of the time our problem is not that we don't know what God wants us to do. Most of the time we have a pretty clear sense of what God wants us to do. We just have a hard time actually doing it. right, that's where the bigger rub is, really. It's that I just don't want to do what God tells me to do. Uh, John Sartell, I'm still stealing from him again. He's talking about the story of Gideon. And most of us know the story of Gideon, and it feels like it fits into this sermon because of Gideon and the fleece, right? God tells Gideon to go and to deliver the Israelites from the Midianite oppression, and Gideon puts down this wool fleece to see if this is really what God wants him to do. And he says, "God, if you really want me to do this tonight, I want you to make the the fleece wet and the ground dry." And God does that. And Gideon says, "All right, let's 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 roll the dice a second time. Let, let's do this one more time. Let's be sure uh, t- tonight when when we do this, I want you to make the ground wet and and the fleece dry." And God does it again and John Sartell asked the question I just thought was fascinating what was Gideon's real problem was the problem that Gideon didn't know God's will now if you read the rest of the story God's will was very clear already at this point God had spoken to Gideon he had audibly spoken to Gideon and he said to him Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites. That sounds pretty clear to me what God's will was. And then to help him out, God had given Gideon a sign. Uh, and, And Gideon put this meat and bread on a rock. And the angel of the Lord touched it with a staff. And fire came down from heaven and consumed the meat and the bread that was on the rock. All, right. All of that was before the fleece business. It, it was already very plain what Gideon was supposed to do. It, it wasn't that he didn't know God's will. He was just having trouble doing what God wanted him to do. He was he, he, he was scared to actually obey God. And, and, and I want to suggest that's more often where I will problem is too all right parents most of the time your children they they know your will right they know what you want them to do Uh, and the struggle is where your will clashes with their will i don't want to clean up my room i don't want to come inside i don't want to quit playing video games i don't i I don't want to whatever we struggle in the same way with our heavenly father i know what you want me to do but i'm not so sure that's really a good idea I'm not so sure I really want to do what you want me to do. And that's why we have to pray as we're praying the Lord's Prayer. Lord, help me to know your will and help me to do your will. Enable me to actually do what you've called me to do. I think one of the reasons we, there are multiple reasons for our struggles with sanctification. One of the reasons is that we don't actually pray and ask for help. And we don't confess our sins to each other and pray for one another. Uh, we we kind of like I'm going well, okay. I'm just going to work this out instead of actually coming to another believer and doing what James says and confessing our sins to one another and and praying for one another. If we're going to, to do God's will, if we're going to obey God's will, we we've, we've got to find times to be honest with each other before God and say hey look I, I know what God wants me to do here I'm just having a hard time doing it will you pray with me and will you pray for me last thing uh, when we pray this thy will be done we're praying that God would enable us to submit to his will and I, and I think in this sense we're thinking more of God's secret will not my will but yours be done, not my will but yours. Be done, in, in everything that happens, we need God's help so that we can trust Him and believe that He is really wise and loving and working things out for our good and for the good of His church. And that's easy to say, right? And easy for me to kind of spout off from the from, from from up front, and that's easy to memorize. But when things go wrong, that's a lot harder for us, isn't it? Uh, it's hard when the pool vacuum sucks up a foam alligator and the tracks go flying off. And you think it's, I'm sorry, that was just personal experience <laughs> um, But, but, but that, that's silly. But when really hard things happen in our lives, all right, it's, it's hard in those places to submit to God's will. And so we need to pray that God would help us to believe and to act like we believe that He really is all-knowing, and He really is all-good, and He really does love us. And we need to ask for His help in trusting Him in the midst of the situation He's placed us in. And that doesn't mean we don't wrestle with God. That doesn't mean we don't cry. That doesn't mean we don't get frustrated we talked about that all last week Um, we don't adopt some fatalistic view that God's just going to do what God's going to do because our prayers really matter and God really uses our prayers and people really are healed of sickness when we pray history is actually changed when we pray but even as we cry out and even as we wrestle with God there's got to be that underlying trust In His wisdom and in His goodness. A a, a trust in His plan for our lives. And a trust in His plan for the lives of the people around us. Uh, Jack Miller said this, We often have reservations in our hearts about the nature and character of His will for our lives. (laughs) Isn't Isn't that true? We secretly suspect that His will might be more demanding, more crucifying of our desires than we can handle. But daily surrender to His will as you pray and it will bring a freedom from anxiety that you cannot believe. Well, where do I get that? Where do I get this strength to surrender and to submit to His will? I look I look to Jesus. And let me read this last verse. I know we've had a lot of verses today. Um, Luke chapter 23. Excuse me, Luke 22. And He came out Jesus Christ submitted to his Father and said, Not my will, but yours be done, even if that means I have to die. That's where I get the strength to also submit to my Father's will. That's how I begin to to actually pray thy will be done and mean it. It's only as if it's only as I realize that Jesus submitted to his father's will in order to secure my salvation. And that he became obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross for me. Well, we can talk about knowing God's will. We can talk about obeying God's will. We can talk about submitting to God's will. But the only way we're going to pray this prayer and really mean it is this. And I just want to close with this quote from Jack Miller. He says, think much of the Savior's suffering for you on that dreadful cross. Think much of your sin that provokes such suffering. And then enter by faith into the love that took away your sin and your guilt. See, the the only way you can really pray this is if you know that the Savior loves you. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I... uh, Pray that I wasn't confusing today, and if I was, I pray that you would clear that up. Um, but I, I do pray that you would help us to better know your will, and to be wise, and that you would grant us wisdom and godly counsel and that we would heed that. Father, I pray that you would help us to actually be people who do your will. We confess that a lot of times we're not even thinking about what your will is, and if we are, a lot of times we don't want to do it. So help us in this, and then Father, help us in. Uh, the difficult providences of life uh, and the things that that we don't like, that that even as we cry out, hoping that you may change them, that we would also be those you ultimately submit to your will. Uh, Help us in this, Father. Help us to help one another in this. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.